0: And we are live! What is going on, my specialist SPC here? And yes, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Talkalorian Live. As you guys see, I am here with Andy and Ren once again. And we got a lot to talk about, gentlemen. (laughs) A lot to talk about. So, Ren... You yes, you were most anticipated for this episode, so I want you to start off.
1: All right, let's start off. Like everything I was expecting to love in this episode, I, I did, and we knew this was the Ahsoka episode. I was looking forward to that. She's one of my favorite characters. What I did not expect was for my highlight of the episode to be something else. Because earlier in the season we have Bo Katan dropping the name, and we're like, All right, here we go, Ahsoka Tano. And now that that name drop just seems mundane compared to what was dropped this episode, I'm right. I was elated. I jumped out of my couch. My housemates th- thought I was having a, an attack of some kind. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got I got blue. No pun intended, because I wasn't breathing almost. Uh, so oh, I can't wait gosh. to talk about this, man. <laughs>
2: Damn, man. Oh, and Andy yeah i mean last week y'all recommended i watched the last four episodes of the clone wars and i realized i would forgotten to do it so i plowed through them this morning Ooh. and then i i realized i watched uh the last two ep- the uh, third and fourth episode last episodes of season one and i was like man I'm like why did they uh, tell me to watch this and then <laughs> and then i uh realized what went on and i was like oh so i switched gears to the siege of mandalore and oh my gosh yeah seeing a tie-in seeing Ahsoka crash land seeing everything so then we fast forward to this episode of the Mandalorian and I'm just like wow okay one yeah we knew she was still alive but two yeah having uh having th- on drop having that name drop I mean it, it, everything's coming together this in for me, this I gotta watch <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch Rebels and Clone Wars now I'm convinced oh my gosh all of it good night yes man.
1: We've converted him, Austin. We
2: converted
0: him. Yeah.
3: Yes. We got
0: this. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. There was... Like, don't get me wrong. I, I knew this episode was going to be good because I, I can say I was impressed with Filoni last season. And again, like we just yeah. talked about with Clone Wars and Rebels and all that. he's He's got that talent. He's got that... I'm, I'm going to say it. I... I had some mixed feelings on him at first when he came into the show, but man, I I want him to have his own movie. Like he, I could see he, that. Yeah, he needs to direct his own Star Wars movie, and it has to star Ahsoka because he did such a phenomenal job with this episode.
2: Just <laughs> everything with the cinematography, the setting, well, the, well, the, the dialogue too.
0: My lord.
2: And that that honestly goes back to what we were talking about last week about like just you know them spawning off more miniseries. I could see like a I could see an Ahsoka miniseries. Like I'd watch that, you know, like a live action with Rosario Dawson. Like I think that would be worthwhile. I agree. Yeah,
0: she she definitely stood out to me in Uh this episode as just uh, nothing against Ashley Eckstein. I mean, she does do a phenomenal job voicing Ahsoka, but.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm going to say this is now my favorite version of Ahsoka. She is just fierce. She's a badass. She's just straightforward with everything that she says, and she's very Yoda-ish in this episode Mm -hmm. because you get a lot of those like Luke on Dagobah feels, like just the environment, the way they Mm -hmm. interact and everything. It's
2: perfect. Wait, dumb question. Was that not was that not Rosario Dawson? Was uh, I should have fact checked that?
3: That
2: was Rosario oh. Dawson.
1: Okay, yeah, gosh. on Mandalorian, it was yeah.
2: Okay, just making sure. I was like, oh no,
1: yeah. Did, did you guys notice the owl on the on the episode?
2: I did. Yes. Wait, wait. I, you notice yeah. the what?
1: So the, you watch the the final episodes of Clone Wars when Vader goes to get her saber, he looks up and there's an owl. That, yes. Um, okay, that owl is also in this episode of the Mandalorian, and in Rebels yet. So I, wonder, but that owl is connected to Ahsoka and Anakin. So there's a there's a whole story in there why the owl always shows up whenever Ahsoka or Anakin are around.
2: Hmm. Okay. I did not notice that. Wow. I mean, I noticed the owl. I just didn't notice no there was a connection. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: That was the first thing I noticed when they came to that scene. I'm like, there's the owl. Oh, my God, there's the owl. Same. Oh, my
2: gosh.
0: Like, see, for me, somebody who knows, like, what happens, at least in Rebels and what happens in Clone Wars and, like, getting to see that now live action. Oh, like, like, I I will say it, man, to steal what Ren said. I I turned into, like, a five, six-year-old giddy little girl watching this episode. It was... This is the first full episode where we get straight up lightsaber action. And it yeah. was yeah.
2: phenomenal. I mean, realistically, I didn't... If you had told me we were going to get some lightsaber action, you know, like in the first season, if you had told me that's where they were, like, headed towards, I I would have been okay with it. But, like, I mean, just from the direction of the series, like, I would have been fine without lightsaber action. So that finally coming into play, finally having a Jedi, like, and the Force more directly... You know, talked about that was, man. Like you said, that was a payoff I wasn't expecting.
0: Yeah, and I agree. Even to Ahsoka now sending Mando essentially almost on like a another mission. Fetch- yeah, another fetch quest. I mean,
3: yeah.
0: the the way I view Mando now having to take who will, whose name was revealed, and we will get into that yeah. a little bit later, but uh. Taking the child to—I don't remember what the planet is. I mean, uh, if you guys, remember? Titan, so. uh, I think, or
1: Tython. Yeah. It's something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, taking them and putting him on like the highest peak on the mountain and letting him reach out with the force. I got a lot of like
1: uh,
0: Lord of the Rings
2: vibes, like Frodo mm. taking
0: the ring to Mordor.
2: I was thinking. I was thinking, like, I don't know why. I was thinking X-Men, like, Dr. X using, like, Cerebro or whatever. <laughs> like, let me check I, if there are any mu- other mutants out there. I mean, Force users.
1: <laughs> I got callbacks to to something in Rebels and to The Last Jedi to yeah. when Luke is training Ray.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you go into the fact that he's saying, I've never felt, you know, something like this with Ray," you know, but also... Exactly. uh I mean, that's also just Anakin's storyline as well, you know, is that they don't want to make, you know, they don't want to up his rank because he's too emotional. So,
1: yeah. And I, I love that. I love that Ahsoka is so traumatized that, oh no, I'm not training that kid. That's for sure. Um, but also, I, uh, the, the fact that he's in the peak on the mountain and he calls out the Jedi, it also reminds me of the force connection that is generated between Ray and Kylo Ren. And so maybe oh. that's how he will communicate with, jedi if any at all responds and i have my theories on who could it be i'm sure we'll get to that but um just everything visually alone this episode might be by far the best i'm extremely impressed with with Dave Filoni because i'm a fan of his i and we've discussed it here i was not a fan overall of his of his work as a director in the first episode because it was Mm -hmm. the first time he was directing live action guys watched as well the mandalorian gallery which is like docu-series and and he talks about it i have no idea what i'm doing i'm so happy i had John Favreau like to guide me because he was new to this but the growth he displays if you go and watch them um, that was he directed in season one and now go watch this it's in growth uh but i also enjoy that there's um for lack of a better term, an animated quality to the way Ahsoka moves and the way her action is yeah. choreographed. And now she's always perfectly in the center of each shot when she stops fighting And there's always this cool, just so many cool shots throughout the Twitter uh, yesterday, uh, of yesterday's episode. It was insanely gratifying to see how felonious comes. So at this point, I got to agree with you, Austin, that I would be okay with you movie to direct at this point
0: mm-hmm. yeah i just like like we just said man that the cinematography of this episode was i, I would agree probably the best so far in the series i mean
2: i did like, have one i did have one gripe about this episode <gasps> on <cinematography>. what man <laughs> uh, my, my 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 only main gripe is like how dark it was you know what i mean i mean like don't get me wrong like dark murky like is good especially for everything going on but it just felt like hard to see sometimes i don't know if like that's my eye but like you know to pick up on some of it the fight scenes the action was like incredibly well done right but just some of the scenes especially in the opening with how dark it was like it was hard to make out some things for me it was incredibly well choreographed everything okay. i just wish it were like a little brightened up so i could see things but hey it's night it's supposed to be murky it's supposed to be you're not tracking her movements, so you know it's uh, it's give and take. It's give and take. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of horror movie vibes from that opening.
1: I, I agree. Because I, I felt like we were being swerved. Like we think these guys are the good guys at first. It's not until mm. we realize, oh, it's Ahsoka that the tables are turned and we were actually following the bad guys and she's a quote-unquote monster uh, mm. in that horror sequence. I mean, that's... that's- Oh, yeah.
0: this, one this, sh- this one thing this show's done good, man, is the horror
2: sequences, like, quote-unquote, yes. if we can say. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's why when we were talking about, se- you know, when we talk about season one, that's why I liked, uh, I think it's episode six, you know, chapter six so much, is uh, when he's taking out his old crew. He's just, like, yes. trucking through them. He's he's the movie monster. It's awesome. And he's still, he's still lethal. He hasn't let up on that. So, yeah, those horror movie sequences or cross-genre sequences are always a treat speaking of that man this this
0: did not have that western feel to me this had more of a straight up like samurai feel to
1: it the entire yes. Episode. yeah yes it was it was oozing with kurosawa vibes i i, yeah. thought, I thought specifically of seven samurai and uh rashomon which Funny enough, the last Jedi is always is also very influenced by.
2: Well, I mean that's and that's important that they do that. We've you know because Lucas's like predominant genre influences right for Star right. Wars were samurai films and westerns. So I mean we have like some of our we have our little like quick draw scene with Mando and uh, you know the yeah. Michael Bean. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Kyle so, Reese. But,
3: <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So. I-
2: I
0: thought I heard that voice somewhere else before. I kept listening. I'm like, who is that? And then <laughs> they got to the end credits. I'm like, Michael Bean. And I went back and I watched the scene you were just talking about with their little standoff. I'm like,
3: okay, okay.
0: And even too, like we were just talking about the the standoff between Mando and Michael Bean. I guess I don't remember what his character's name is. Lang. Yeah. Lang. And then Ahsoka and...
1: The Magistrate.
0: Magistrate. I'm never going to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, I liked how with Ahsoka and her, it was like a samurai standoff. And then you go to Mando, and it's just western. So you get both sides just melded together. And it was... Like I keep saying, man, just...
2: I also I also really enjoy getting to see a pure Belkar staff, like a pure Belkar weapon against the yes. lightsaber. That was so beautiful to see someone who does not have a lightsaber be able to finally, like, fend one off. You know, like, that's just mm-hmm. such a cool thought. It's like, anytime you see a Jedi, it's like, oh, well, you need another lightsaber, <laughs> you know, but, man, that was, you, that was so nice.
1: And you know who that was? The actress? I only find, found out after watching the episode and doing the review, but that's Bruce Lee's granddaughter. What?! Yeah. Wow. Rock <laughs> and roll. I was shocked. <laughs> what? I Gosh. know. That was my reaction exactly.
2: Gosh, that's freaking, yeah, they're they're going hard with this. I mean, you talk about that. You talk about voice actors stepping into roles. You talk about them tying in directly, not even like, <laughs> tangentially but tying in directly to rebels and clone wars i mean this episode was a i know it was like an, we crossed the rubicon you know it felt like just a lot kicked into gear in this episode it's what i've been like looking for in the series it's like up till now you know
1: yeah maybe oh.
0: man. i love this show so much more now just hearing that man <laughs> that is that is that is insane
1: yes and now and now mando has got an anti-dark saber weapon ready to go he's oh! here now.
0: see that that is the question i wanted to start asking was like where's this how how is mando even going to be able to fight like gideon is he just going to use his armor but now he's got a new weapon added to the arsenal and it
3: <sighs> I, I didn't
0: even think about that this show is so good
1: man are are we ready? I am. I want to know what you guys think. Are we ready to th- to say? And I loved season one, but are we ready to say that season two is better than season one?
2: Give me one more episode. Give okay. me one. More, give me one more episode because uh, episode. I mean, you know, season two got off to a little sh- a bit of a shaky start. Well, got off to a great start and then started to like get a little shaky. Also,
3: yeah.
2: <sighs> I. I
0: need to wait till the finale, man. If the finale like topples the last finale, then yeah, I. As much as I love that first episode of the entire series, it's still my favorite episode. In all honesty, but I, I need to wait till mm-hmm. the finale.
2: I mean, right now, yeah, right. Bren, Bren and Austin to y'all's point, I definitely say this is like leaning more towards equal footing with the first series to me thus far. Like, I feel like episode chapter 13 like really counterbalanced for me in a good way
0: yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i would i would i will say probably the middle part of the mandalorian from season one i would say right now yes it's better like the midsection of the series when you get to like Mm -hmm. chapter four even chapter five to an extent and chapter six i mean Mm -hmm. Right now, the middle section is better than the midsection of last season. But as yep. an overall season, I gotta wait. Unfortunately,
1: understandable. Over. I understand.
0: I mean, I, I, no joke, dude. If the mid, if the season finale is like amazing, I'm, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it, this is perfect Star Wars.
1: Woo! Cause... Austin dropping the <laughs> bomb right here. You heard I mean, it all first, the time. Well. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'll, I'll give you that. Like, I'm, I'm of the thought that this is better than you know. We've already talked. We've all talked about it. This is better than the prequel movies and the new trilogy for me. I mean, already both seasons are. So I'm willing to say this is at least top class. You know, like top class Star Wars already. You know, it's just it's evoking so many of those original. You know, like original trilogy vibes. It's like making direct allusions to things. It's not shying away from tying in everything that is canon or people might be canon. You know, it's yeah. I'd say based on that is top class. You know, my, my question for you now, Andy, is oh, this boy. better? Is Do you like this better than Rogue One? Oh, Ooh. dang it. Um, I don't know. Like, honestly, I, I actually, no, I do off the top of my head. Yeah. I would say, you know, full commit, yeah, yeah, I think this is better than Rogue One to me, like, just because right. Rogue, One, Rogue One was great, but um, Mandalorian has so many vibes, I just love, you know, like I said, the western vibes, even these little, like, kind of horror elements, the fact that you have a hero or a protagonist, you know, that is an unstoppable force, and they don't shy away from that, you know, any scene he's in, you basically know it's, he's going to, there's a very low chance of him being like outgunned in a scene. It's like they have to like someone has to think tactically to work against him or they have to severely outnumber him. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, he might he might still overcome. So, but yeah, this is better than Rogue One to me. Hot take.
0: <laughs> I mean, I like Rogue One, man. Like it's one of my top 4 favorite Star Wars films, but yeah, this it's creeping up there behind Empire as my favorite. I'm not gonna mm, lie,
3: man. Ooh. Like,
0: like I, I love Revenge of the Sith as my second favorite Star Wars, but whew, this show, man, it's it's taking it.
2: Wow, dang. Yeah,
0: this I, I think thought four this, is still uh, untouchable. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: uh, it, it's there. Yeah, I
0: guess unfortunately man that one's like number eight on my ranking unfortunately oh i okay i'm gonna say this this Mm -hmm. this was this is like past austin like hot take oh boy
1: okay episode four
0: was like for me the worst star wars film because it was just it used to be so slow but now yeah i know i know but now i've gotten older and you know i've become a, a lot more attached to star wars and you know i've dug deep and i've watched and learned a lot more and i i had a new love for it and i'm even gonna willingly say it too rogue one definitely helped me really enjoy that film way more than i
2: ever have Huh? Mm-hmm. but i can i can see that you know because it bridges the gap between
3: yeah you know
2: like what leads to episode four it bridges the gap to what leads to the resistance you know like having an actual chance or the rebellion having a chance so i mean I, I give you that 100%. Yeah, I understand
3: I don't like, that too.
0: Yeah, I don't like putting it that low on the list, but even like Solo, man. I I loved Solo. That movie was so much fun,
1: but I I, I really enjoyed Solo too. That was really fun.
0: It's um, I had to put it down at number 9 unfortunately. I oh, mean, really? uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: to me the original trilogy is still up there for me like they're mm-hmm. they're the holy trinity. They're untouchable. Return of the Jedi is still the best one, I know, in popular opinion. Hot take right here for myself. Um, oh. But uh, th- those three are, are like, they're one movie for me. They're untouchable. And after that, mm. it's Return of the Jedi. It's, um, sorry, The Last Jedi. And Then Force Awakens, but Mandalorian is climbing up there, like, as a whole story.
0: Yeah, man, I... <sighs> This show, man, and like I said, it's it's almost perfect. Like, yeah, I need to see that ending. I need to see how he does with against Gideon. I mean,
3: mm-hmm. or, if
0: we're,
2: or if we're even getting that showdown this season, you know what I mean?
1: Giancarlo, um, he teased it, he teased we're going to get a, a big, big duel. Um, and I gotta ask you guys, because like. I know we still aren't talking about that name drop and you know how much I want to talk about it, but mm-hmm. if this was just the Ahsoka episode, which is already a big highlight in itself, but now we have three episodes left. If they're just good, which is awesome. If they are going to be good episodes, they got to have something in their pocket. I got to believe they have something left um, for the next three episodes. Cause they're not going to, blow their proverbial load on episode five and have three episodes after this well what, what do you guys think
2: I, I guess like before that ren i ren i want to know your thoughts because you said you got an idea who the jedi they might be going to mm. be is i i think i want to just i'm just bringing that up because i do want to talk about that later but yeah Austin, mm-hmm. what, what do you think about what ren said about those last three episodes i mean With
0: what they've been doing this season, I could see, especially the season finale, I could see them just blowing everything out of the water. I mean, like you said, you know, we got Bo-Katan in episode three, Ahsoka's name dropped in episode three, Mm -hmm. and I mean, we got Ahsoka now, live action. The name dropped that Ahsoka (laughs) dropped in the episode, which again, we're going to get into that because that's pretty big news. But uh I don't know, man. I, f- I feel like there's going to be one more one more ball dropped, and it's going to just trail us into this third season. It's going to probably be the stepping stone for the third season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. I-, I have a few theories on who the Jedi could be. One that I dismissed initially. And if you go watch my review, I completely dismiss it. But the more and more I think about it, I'm like, it's not that impossible And that could be Luke, uh, Mm -hmm. if any Jedi at all uh, contacts, replies to Baby Yoda's force text. Um, I need to preface that, if any at all. Could be Luke, could be uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, whoever she's playing. We don't know yet, but she could be whoever the Jedi is. Uh, Rahul Cooley from Haunting of Hill House, of Bly Manor, I'm sorry. He has been trolling with his Twitter that he's going to be playing Ezra because everyone wants him to play Ezra. So could be that. Uh, Could be the guy from Jedi Fallen Order, Cal Cal Kestis. Um, Or, and this is my favorite theory that I did not remember until very after my review, and I was like, damn it. Um, But there's a certain Star Wars show coming out next year, and nothing says that the Jedi contacting baby yoda uh could needs to be alive but it could be obi-wan he could come in and say hello there huh
2: now that i think about it yeah just because you're i mean if you're like putting out this massive like you said force push force beacon you know even if he doesn't get a jedi he could get force ghosts you know so i don't know huh
0: could be yoda
1: himself yeah
0: i i never i never even thought about like force ghosts like i was with you man like watching your review I'm, I'm sitting there i'm like well as of now it's very open that cal's we don't know what's happening with cal and i know every- yeah everybody's been talking about ezra i mean again i know i know what happens in that last episode of the rebel show but i mean that's that's still wide open i mean it's it's the toss of a coin man
2: it could be anybody
1: if it wasn't for that name drop, I wouldn't think Ezra was possible. So there's that.
2: I mean, anything's. Once again, I need to watch Rebels and Clone Wars just because of how. I didn't realize how heavily it was going to tie into this season. And I mean, that was alluded to by the fact that Moff Gideon had the Darksaber at the end of season one, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't realize they were going like, to just full send on it. Um, But
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, like anything. Austin, to your point, Randy, Brenda your point too. You know, is like anything can happen at this point. I, I, really don't know what to expect. Um, you know, for first first season, I could kind of see the end coming. Not, not really, right? But I mean, like, you know, that's usually how you end shows like this. Is you have a, you know, you have like a two part episode, like you know, two part, like kind of a part one, part two for the end of the season. So I think they're still going to do that for this season. But how they get there, I. Yeah. You know, like what that would even entail. I have no idea because next season, next episode might be kind of like a one-off sort of like mini quest, and then hopefully better than episode two. But we'll see.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
0: one of the, one of the things that I found out actually is uh, the trailer we got for season two. We have now seen. All of that.
1: I was just gonna bring that up.
0: Yeah, we, we've we've <laughs> now, we have now seen everything in the first half of the season. Now the whole second half of the season, they're like, they're leaving it for us, man. And I mean, uh.
1: huh? I can't yeah. wait.
0: <laughs> I did not think about that. I I think that's why they've been so hush hush on it is because they want to just they want to save the good stuff for last.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Oh.
0: As as that's. As to what it is, man, whatever's going to be at the end of that rainbow, oh, better be one huge pot of gold.
1: I, I'm thinking sure. it's going to be a very, very big pot of gold. The more and more I think about it, because like, mm. even even on a on a story standpoint, they're not going to send Mando have Baby out on the top of the mountain and no one reaches out to him. And then he's got to go back to so and say, hey, nothing happened. What now? And he goes to yet another planet. So, like, someone is going to have to answer or that's go- it's going to be crawling with Sith or someone's already going to be there reaching out as well. Uh, well who knows?
2: <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's another thing, right? Is how sure are we that that temple is only going to reach out to Jedi? You know what I mean? It is it's like when he's putting that energy out there, how do we know that he ain't going to be like, super targeted by every set that sit out there still in the galaxy. So,
1: yeah. Also the, he, he has a tracker on the razor crest. It didn't come, oh, didn't dear. come into the fold this episode, but he's either, he's either going to find his way into that Jedi temple, or that's going to be like in the penultimate episode. And then we have something else entirely in the finale. Gosh,
2: I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like the end of season, you know, this season then would be him meeting that Jedi, you know, is like what this is, either him meeting this Jedi or something or some other fetch quest coming up. I mean, like you said, that Moff Gideon showdown is like 99% going to happen. Um, yeah. But we also haven't seen what Moff Gideon's dealing with is like death droids or death troopers or whatnot. So, yeah. See,
0: I I would like a full episode dedicated to Moff Gideon because we haven't gotten really much from him this season all we've really gotten from him was that hologram call with the mm-hmm. guys in the ship yeah and the ending of last episode of the previous episode i guess with the mm-hmm. death troopers or whatever we're going to call them the mando troopers as i'm still theorizing
2: yeah i am i am still curious if you know what i just lost my train of thought
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man that old age andy I'm, I'm, I'm
1: curious if we see Mando. like He knows that the Razor Crest went to this planet of Corvus. Does he go there before going directly to Mando and finds Ahsoka and there's Ooh. a duel there as well? Because I I don't think it's right on a story standpoint to take the killing of Moff Gideon from Mando, but uh, they damn well not have Moff Gideon kill Ahsoka, that's for sure. Um... But um I think it could be interesting if he goes to that planet and and stumbles into Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Or he yeah.
2: might not even know Ahsoka's there. He might just wipe out the village, you know, or purge it for information. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Man. Speaking of off throughout the sep- uh, in this episode, then there's the part where they team up and Mando goes in and uh, Ahsoka goes in. I'm sorry, and she has that that plate of Beskar, and she's like, "You're." Your your bounty hunter failed. And then she says... Um, She says something about the Magistrate's Master. And I was watching it with my housemate. And she was like, oh, who is her master? Is she a Sith? And I'm like, no, no, it's not that way. It's Moff Gideon. Of course it's Moff Gideon. She works for the Empire. It's, it's Moff Gideon. It has to be Moff Gideon. Little did I know.
0: Yeah, I mean... Whew. I... I, i'm gonna say this ren i know as much as you want to talk about i want to save that for last because it's it's okay. so huge man i mean but the other big thing that happened in this episode you guys we we got the backstory of baby
2: yoda the i'm mad we you're did. mad i'm mad because like <laughs> my my clone theory was half true you know like that this could be a Yoda, mm. my clone theory was like half true, like where they're probably harvesting him for midichlorians, but also he's fifty years old. So yeah, that there was that was a big, big. Yeah, man. I mean, we we now know
0: what his true name is, and I'm mixed on it, man. I mean, it's, it's gonna be so hard not to call him Baby Yoda or even just call him the Child, but we now know <laughs> Baby Yoda's name is Grogu. Grogu. <laughs> I want to know where they came up with that
1: man. name. man. I'm also, I'm so. They burst a blood cell. But coming after that,
2: <laughs> I'm so, I'm so also confused by the fact that there is like a big. I mean, he was trained, you know, like you said, like they were saying by Jedi's, like in Jedi Temple for years, and now his powers are suppressed. So I'm curious, like, what his mental state is at or his developmental state if he's actually like. Childlike? Maybe he's just acting childlike. Was his development stunted? Is he like you know just slower maturity? You know, like there's so many more questions I have now because him and him and Ahsoka had dialogue. You know, they were talking. So even though we unfortunately yeah.
0: couldn't understand it, but yeah, no, they understood each other very well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I like the name. I think it's a really cute name. Now, M. I'm I'm probably gonna end up still calling him Baby Yoda from time to time, uh, oh, yeah. but I, I like the name and and I don't think it's it's a thing that they're like dictating on us to call him Grogu from now on and nothing else, um, you know. But um, I I like that theory, Andy. However, I think he's not he's not um, he's not acting up per se because. The general information that IG-11 had about the sh- the species in general is that at this age, at 50 years old, they are like human babies. Oh um, yeah,
2: he, he said that in episode yeah. one, you're right.
1: That's the only reason why I still think he's a baby, but it, I'm curious now because he was raised there at the high of the republic, so he is already being raised there as he was like a fetus basically in, in comparison, Um, but also Who are his parents? Because as far as we know, Yoda was the only one in Coruscant. Yaddle exists, I guess. She's in Phantom Menace, but she's not in anything else. But now that that we know his backstory, where he was, when he was there, is he actually a direct offspring of Yoda? Is he literally Baby Yoda, even though he now has a name? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I guess he could still be a clone. Never mind, my theory's back on. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: swerve
0: yeah Yeah, man yeah that that actually i didn't expect them to say that that's where he was like he was there at the height of the republic he survived order 66 the rise of the empire and he went into hiding i mean he's very similar as a name we just brought up here cal kestis it's the exact same way with him he we see his story five years after revenge of the sith his connection to the force is completely broken and he's been subverting his force abilities so that Inquisitors can't find him or just the Empire in general. Mm-hmm. So I mean this this episode had so much. I mean, we had prequel kind of callbacks, I guess we could say. We got Fallen Order kind of callbacks, similar backstory to Cal and Grogu now. Yeah. I mean. Yeah.
1: Also, it's important to say I love how much now when when Mando calls him by his name, is all happy and his ears perk up, and it's the most adorable thing ever. It was just a great episode not to see him in danger ever at any point. Yeah, my heart felt safe. Also,
2: as a uh, as a small little, this is gonna sound so weird. As a small little nod, like I I really. Or nitpick, not not nitpick, but like I really like that Ahsoka saw them off. You know, like they were on like mm. she didn't that she didn't just like ghost them. You know, like just yeah, vanish. Like she actually like you know saw them off. They left on good terms. Um, you know, really amicably. I know that just cinched the episode for me.
3: Yeah, I'm very Batman,
2: too. Didn't have a Batman James Gordon moment. Exactly. <laughs> no, but for real.
1: Why does he always do that? He always disappears.
0: Yeah, he's good at that.
1: Have you guys seen the? Not to deviate too much, but have you seen the memes of uh, Batman? But you can see him run away from the conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so
2: good. I think college humor. College humor. Or someone has a video on that where he's just running. All I can. I
0: can yeah. still see he's running
1: away like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the S stands for hope. S doesn't, hope doesn't start with an S. Stupid.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. Uh, college humor, man. Uh, yeah, but yeah, man. I mean that that backstory for Baby Yoda. Like, I did. I, I was with you, Andy. Like, I could. I I was so hell bent that he was a clone of Yoda in some way, shape, or form. Like, like I said, he was. They were saving him for the essence of Palpatine. When he dies, he could become more powerful again. Uh, just,
2: I mean, still, fingers crossed, man. Hopefully, our our is still going. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm also just, there's just so many open, there's just so many, this, that's what I like about when you flesh out a character's backstory like this, like that, that that's the perfect way to flash, to flesh it out because then it raises more questions. You know what I mean? Is it still, it helps you have a little bit of a payoff enough to still be vested without ruining the fullness of what they have in store. So I really like that. Yeah.
0: All right, Ren. Well, here, here we go. Here's your moment, man. Woo!
1: So, <laughs> so I, throughout this episode, I was like, it's Muff Gideon. It's got to be Muff Gideon. They're building up to that confrontation. Then fighting, and she's like, "Where is your master? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn?" And I'm going to back up from the mic because I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> what the hell? Hold up!" I did not see that coming. Um, I, I might as well sh- show these. Um, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of this character. I think I talked to Austin last week before you came on in, and before we started the show, but... I went to Star Wars Celebration London in 2016 Uh and that was actually when they revealed that Thrawn was going to come back to canon in Rebels and they were going to do a a book and every year at the end of Celebration they post like a big four or five minute highlight video Mm -hmm. and I'm actually immortalized in that highlight video from the side. I'm like looking, I'm biting my my finger because I'm like, holy shit, Thrawn has been revealed um so i'm a huge huge fan of this character um i love him in rebels i think the fact that he's in rebels alone is enough for me to recommend the show Mm. Uh, he's an extremely fascinating character um I, I want to be very careful how I say because what's dangerous about him is his mind because he explores cultures and planets and he goes into their religions and philosophies. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the way society works in each planet to try to destroy them with that knowledge. Well, um, that, that's like... Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. You no, know,
2: yeah, especially this is weird like because, you know, we've been talking about samurai influence. I've talked about the game. We've talked about the game before, but that's why I like... Uh, gosh, what is it? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima so much, Mm. right? Is the main villain, Kotun Khan does the same thing. He explores cultures. He uses their cultures, their ways or, you know, like, against them. And based on what you're saying about Thrall, because I haven't watched Rebels, is, yeah, that's what makes him lethal, is he's taking the time to dissect his opponent, and then it kind of becomes Machiavellian. You know, like, I mean that in terms of Machiavelli had, like, these two huge principles about what to do if you want to avoid conflict or whatever, either A, you reward someone beyond measure so that you know there's no hope of them turning against you, or B, you decimate everything they know and love so that their children's children won't even think of stepping to you. So that's that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from you right now is.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's. Ex- I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima, but from what you're saying, from what you're describing, it's it's exactly that. I, I also advise, even before you start watching Rebels, just after this, go onto YouTube and type in Star Wars Rebels Thrawn theme. His theme is awesome. It's menacing. It's like this or organ orchestration that is so haunting, so beautiful. Uh, I also called out to fan cast uh on my review if i might repeat it here uh because taiko waititi he directed to ep- an episode of the mandalorian last season he was also in mandalorian as an actor and he what? just got done doing it he was the voice of IGA. Oh. oh 11 sorry y'all told me that um, too
3: yeah.
1: yeah and he directed the finale and now he just directed a movie starring michael fassbender so disney just just do it you know it's Just tie those strings together, Disney. (laughs) Um, But yeah, suffice to say, I'm excited.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is.
0: Yeah. And weirdly enough, it's one of the few examples that you can bring a character from legends continuity into star Wars Mm -hmm. canon. Cause Mm -hmm. he do. Yeah. He's, I don't, I didn't know anything about this character. I actually, I have the first Thrawn book. I, I haven't touched it yet. I, bought it like a year or two ago, but I just, I haven't opened it unfortunately, but yeah, I mean, cause he, he is, he's hailed as like one of the best star Wars villains to date. He's, hmm. he's up there with like Palpatine and yeah. Vader and he's got, well, he's got a new trilogy of books now, but he has a former trilogy of books. The, uh, heir so, of the,
1: the heir to know, the empire. Yes.
0: heir to the empire. Yep. Yeah.
1: That one is not Canon anymore but but I I also recommend that one. I prefer that one to the one that's actually Canon right now, but I still love this new one. I'll also say that the first one on this new trilogy Austin I li- I like it. It's a good book. It's the worst out of the three. Really? Yes. But all of them are the same author, Timothy Zahn.
0: Cuz he did. He did the the other ones too, right? The yeah. original trilogy? Yeah.
1: He did that one and and this new one. So he he created Thrawn. He he's very much the the guy who created from from nothing.
0: Man. yeah. He even yeah. Because I know there's a part in the second book, if I remember right. He he meets Anakin from during like the prequel yes. times, and yes. then he teams up with Vader as well,
1: right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, it's not in the. It's in the third. It's in the third book. Oh, no, it's the in the second. Book. You're right. You're right. It's in the. Because I, I, I had them out of order. But, yeah, it's in the one Alliances, and then there's Treason, which the title implies enough without me saying anything else. It's <laughs> Treason, <laughs> then. Yes. <laughs> but they are in different timelines. The previous trilogy, which is not canon anymore, was, like, at this time of, that Mando is set in. It was it was immediately after, in fact, of Return of the Jedi, and this new trilogy is between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Huh.
2: So that also brings up something I'm curious, right? As soon as they name drop Dawn, Thrawn, Thrawn, I'm like, because I'm like slightly familiar with the character, is now I'm just curious about his and Gideon's working relationship. You know, like, I, I need to see how that ties
1: in, right? I mean, he would be superior to Gideon.
2: Oh, wait, isn't that? Oh, snap. Because in the last episode, Gideon mentions he's serving someone. Oh, so, that's
3: strike.
2: Right. Oh, so, <laughs> so would that be so would that be it? I mean, like I mean I mean, based on what you're saying is like Thrawn is hailed as like a freaking you know, he's hailed as a freaking legend even among the Empire. So I mean that kind of dictates mm-hmm. some level of just like almost like we were talking about fanatical servitude. So
1: yeah, now now I gotta I gotta um, I gotta be careful because that implies thanks for for the treason book because oof that that makes that actually makes Gideon a much more interesting character. Um, because I also we also talked about last week about how the very bases and, and creeds of the Empire is that they're fascists, they're racists, but actually mm-hmm. Thrawn is the one alien in the empire. He's the one being who's not human to be in the empire. So that he's he basically represents minorities, and now they got to work within a fascist system. Um, so that's that's another thing that makes the character fascinating. Uh, huh. But but. uh, Moff Gideon being clearly a minority himself, that might be an indication as to where his allegiances lie. Huh.
2: There's so much going on now. That's
1: a good call, Andy. Congratulations to you. (laughs) (laughs) Until you brought it up, I was like, he didn't say he was working for someone. (laughs) Like, oh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing that makes him so unique is He's kind of like, well, I guess kind of in a sense, like Yoda. He's like the only one of his kind we ever see on screen. Mm. So he's, he's a schist, right? That's
1: his he's a schist, yeah. Um, there's information about what happened to his species on, on the book. I don't want to spoil it, but it makes the relationship between him and the people he serves and who he works with very interesting.
2: So, what is Thrawn's like rank and thing? Is he like directly below Palpatine? Is he?
1: He Is yes, he is directly below Palpatine. He would be. He he's even superior to um, Moff Tarkin.
2: Whoa! Yeah,
0: did not know that. (laughs) Next, they're Grand Moths,
1: right? Yeah, Grand Moths, and then there's um, then there's Grand Admirals it's no i'm sorry it's either he's either superior or on par with with tarkin um i feel like he might be on, par with,
2: like might be on par with tarkin because vader and tarkin talk directly to palpatine right so I mean, yes
1: but also in the in the in the um, the books he also res, rep, responds only to the emperor he's the only person oh. he has to call back to
3: hmm
0: because i know i know seasons 3 and 4 he plays a pretty big role in rebels right
1: yes he's the main villain in seasons 3 and 4 which is which is curious after you cuz after you see the season 2 finale you're like oh my god well, who's coming up next and then you have the reveal Thrawn in, in season 3
0: Yeah, he's just, from what I hear, he's supposed to be, like, one of the best characters, and I'd love to get to, like, know more about him, because he just sounds so interesting.
2: Well, and based on that, I feel like Thrawn might not be in this season, or if he is, it might be a brief illusion. Like, based on how BA he is, he might be a bigger threat in, like, you know, season three, or, I don't know, something like that, because Moff Gideon is still a focal point antagonist, so I don't know where Thrawn fits into things, but the fact that he's name dropped is either way, you know, it sets the tone for where the rest of the series is going, or rest of the season is going.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and even like, uh, I know Ren, he's talked about it not only just with us, but he's talked about it with his pal Zach from the Zach Pope channel. He's mm-hmm. talked about this impending uh, Rebels sequel show, and I don't know if this is uh-huh. going to also help get that started. Are we going to be getting that turned into live action now, now that you've been able to prove that animated can come to live action so now is are we going to do it again with an entire series
1: huh Mm -hmm. yeah i at the time i thought it was an either or but i don't see why it has to be that um because there was a lot of talk of even before the season started of with Ahsoka coming, like are other Rebels characters coming, mm. and I, I don't, w- I didn't want to see certain characters in Mandalorian. I didn't want to see the fate, let's say, of certain characters before seeing the supposed Rebels sequel, because without saying too much, Rebels is open ended. Like this, the show ends in a very open ended way. Like there's a goal, and the show ends. Um, and so I, I'm very curious now to see how Ahsoka got to a certain from a certain point in Rebels now, especially given events of the series finale itself. Um which are which are actually shown technically in the in the holiday special that just came out. Um <laughs> yep. which I, I was watching I'm like, is this canon? And I, <laughs> I, I hope it's not. Um
2: but we're sure. We're but, like sure it's not canon, right? Because
1: it, it can't be. It can't be. <laughs> it's Lego. It can't be. Um, but, um, um... I lost my turn of thought. Okay, I got it. But I, right. I'm curious now to see... No, no worries. But I'm curious now to see the Rebels, uh, the Rebels sequel before we start bringing full throttle everything into The Mandalorian.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I could see, like, a Rebel sequel happening probably, what, between... Uh... Seasons two and three of the Mandalorian.
3: Mm.
2: we don't have like a date or timeline on season three, do we? Or... They
1: they said it was the the pandemic was not going to delay it. So, oh, for my money, it might come out next October, exactly in a year from now, less than a year oh. from now. <laughs>
0: It's too far, man. I can't <laughs> wait. Like, like just, just just waiting for this season now. And even just now, like every episode that comes out, having to wait that week, it's like I
2: need to know. I need to know
0: what's gonna happen next.
2: I just I just want to know what's gonna happen in season three. Like, I mean, I want to see the end of this, but I just need to know where it's going. You know, like I mean, the the ending's a big deal, but I just I just need to know what it's segueing into. I just you know, cause uh, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like just that week between is like killing me, but I think it's just killing me to know how things end and where the future of, you know, Grogu and Mando lie. Yeah. So, if they kill Baby Yoda, though, we riot. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Ren will
0: probably cry. <laughs> I, mean, I usually, will. He, he even said it too. I think it was episode two, like when he fell off the speeder or whatever. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh, my heart. I don't like seeing Baby Yoda get hurt. No.
0: It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very sad thing to see. Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: So, so Andy, I've got to ask you this, because I'm just very curious. Because I know last... I think it was last episode or the one we did with Sean, but, you know, you said you're just kind of more of a casual Star Wars
2: fan.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Is... Is this show possibly changing your mind? Um, honestly, yeah, because it's like I mentioned that, you know, like when I was watching the uh, trying to watch the last four episodes of Clone Wars, the the reason why I didn't like switch immediately, like you know, because I like started to like figure out, like I started to figure out early on, I was watching the wrong episodes, like the last four of season one, but because I was just kind of captivated, you know, I was like watching it and I was just like feeling myself, I was enjoying it. And then I kind of like snapped out of it was like, Oh wait, this isn't the siege of Mandalore. Right. So, you know, it's definitely one of those things that's making me enjoy the lore, the world building. I didn't even know what the dark saber was before this started. So I'm just like putting on my tinfoil hat, reading through all the, (laughs) all the pages and tangential pages of Wikipedia possible. You know, it's like, yeah, this is, this is shifting my gears. I'll be honest.
0: Cool. Cool. I like, I like to hear that. Glad we can convert.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, I was able to find it, and Grand Admiral is the highest rank in the Galactic Empire. <sighs> so not only is not only is Thrawn the only minority in there, he got the highest rank possible. Mm. Man.
0: I definitely, definitely shows you how he can raise up in the empire. Yep.
1: Yeah. There, there are very interesting scenes with him and and Palpatine, and you can kind of, and you can tell you know, trading trading brain at each other, and mm-hmm. and Thrawn sometimes like catches him and he's like changes the topic because Thrawn just like won him over.
2: <laughs> but I mean that that also plays into like you know like the the Empire not being big on minorities and such, right? Is that that's why it feels all the more to me like they're harvesting grogu or baby yoda you know for midichlorians right because palpatine using like a alien body you know as his uh you know like transferring his soul to a bot to a non-human body wouldn't make much sense to me in the scheme of his beliefs and his uh whatever you want to call it principles i don't know so i'm still going with that theory is uh midichlorian harvesting
1: (laughs) yeah
0: so now I I remember I talked to you guys about this when we were just talking about the Mandalorian on my other podcast. But do you guys still think that now with what they're doing in this season, they're trying to build that Felony Verse I brought up before? Oh, because I mean, like I said, you know, we got we got Bo Katan, we've gotten Ahsoka, and now we as of now might be getting Thrawn. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Filoni brought Thrawn into Canon with mm-hmm. his appearance in rebels. So, I mean, do you think him and Favreau were going to be working on this, a new series together? Or like you said, building this new world for us.
1: I think y- there's a good possibility for that because I think they Filoni is a, a powerful, powerful creative force. Mm. But I also think he's humble enough to accept that. Okay, I'm not ready to like be a showrunner alone uh, in terms of live action, and his experience so far with Jon Favreau has been his, has been paying its dues. Uh, mm. So I don't think why I don't I see no reason why he should drop that collaboration.
2: No, and I'm sure, especially since it's Disney, Marvel, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure those conversations are already being had, you know what I mean, about either a Filoni-verse or a billion <clears throat> spinoffs, probably some we're not even thinking of because they already said they're doing, you know, the Rebels tie-in, they're doing Obi-Wan still in the pipeline. I'm sure that filoni I'm probably like 75%, I'd say 75% sure that that's going to happen at some point, you know, because… Yeah. The dude got a final season of Clone Wars. You know that in and of itself is a big deal. So now that he's helping with the Mandalorian and brought Ahsoka and Thrawn into play, I feel and Bo Katan like that's gotta that's gotta be happening.
0: I yeah. can, I mean I wouldn't complain because I know that kind of sadly getting into like a little bit of the politics of Star Wars, but like mm-hmm. everybody wants him to be you know the new president of Lucasfilm. For for me, it would be a very dumb decision to do that because Mm. i will say this him in a creative role is going to be way more beneficial to lucasfilm than putting him at a desk and just just being there and being like okay make make me this now like i mean such a creative mind i mean he was able to add to two of the biggest parts of star wars he mm-hmm. brought us the clone war show which is the most important part of the prequel trilogy i'm, I'm gonna say that besides anakin but whatever <laughs> and i mean rebels i mean everything that he did in both of them shows and like you just said andy you know they gave him a, another season of clone wars set yeah how many years after it originally ended
1: but yeah I mean, not also- to mention. Sorry, but not to mention another show because the Bad Batch is coming next year.
2: Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I was reading on that earlier.
0: That is true. That is true. But for me, it. I'm just gonna throw this out there. If he were to become president of Lucasfilm, Favreau needs to take his place because right mm. now, for me, Filoni and Favreau are like Vader and the Emperor. Like they're just <laughs> they're just this perfect blend together, man. I I love how they have been doing everything in this show so far, and even again, like we talked about the four final four episodes, the Siege of Mandalore arc with Ahsoka's story. I guess as a Padawan kind of ending. Yeah. And now seeing her in Rebels, which Andy, I we're not going to spoil that for you, but seeing her come back in there and how she's evolved over the years, and now. Seeing her again in another time jump through five years after, I'm assuming, maybe the end of Rebels.
1: Yeah, because Rebels ends, I want to say one years, one year, maybe even less before A New Hope.
0: Okay, yeah, because I guess, because yeah. even my other question to both of you guys is, why do you think this episode was called The Jedi? Because ah- yeah. Ahsoka is not a Jedi anymore.
1: I, I think there's two reasons. One reason is maybe to keep it simple for everyone and not getting to semantics, because a lot of casual fans watch this show. Um, this We've talked about how this show attracts a four-quadrant um, audience. Um, so I think, like, just to keep it simple, yeah, she's a Jedi, she has lightsabers, whatever. The other Another possible reason is maybe since this show is The Mandalorian, everything is from his perspective. And so he, he went looking for a Jedi. At one point in time, at least, she was uh, a Jedi. And Mando doesn't know her whole story, so he will see her as a Jedi. Even the the people in the village, they called her a Jedi. They were like, oh, kill the Jedi, and, and I'll give you the, the spear and whatnot. So th- those are my two theories. How about you, Andy? Do you have any...
2: I would, yeah, I I would agree with that. I would say either A, because even if she doesn't call herself a Jedi or even if it's only by title, she still very much is a Jedi. You know, she still very much wants for good, serves good, seeks to protect others. You know, so just because she doesn't bear that title or follow those practices to the T, it's kind of like when we went into, you know, gray Jedi, where it's like complex, you know, like the morality and the, she might not be a strict adherent to it, but she still knows about Jedi lore. She still is you know, on the light side. So I'd still say she is very much a Jedi, personally. And then I guess my next question, because obviously,
0: you know, in The Rise of Skywalker, we we hear her talk to Rey along with all the other Jedi with Luke, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Mace. I mean, Mace,
1: Mace uh, yeah. Uh, a- uh, we hear uh, a character from Rebels as well, Kanan, Kanan Jarris. You mentioned that, yeah. Freddie yeah. Prince
2: Jr., we yeah, hear, we hear Cal in there. Well, Cal's not
1: No, 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 yeah. we do we don't hear him.
0: But like I wanna know how does she become one of the force? Like, like again, is are we gonna get an Ahsoka show? Is it are we gonna maybe see this battle between her and Gideon? Maybe Gideon's gonna kill her. Maybe she's been doing some studying or something, maybe.
1: It's it's it could be that, but also and I'm just thinking of this now Th- talking about the rebel sequel show we call it a rebel sequel as it happens after rebels mm-hmm. but what if it happens after what we just saw this week in the mandalorian as well like what if thrawn doesn't come into mando but ahsoka but the rebel sequel show is is that she's still in search of of thrawn and we go back into animation but it's after this this very story that we just saw
0: I suppose now that Andy's gone, we could talk a little bit about it because I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Because I mean, seeing the way she
0: is at the end of Rebels, I mean, she like I brought up before, is she like a higher being now. Does she? Yeah,
1: she she comes across out of context. Andy won't will understand the spoiler, so um, she comes across as a grand master. Um, she comes across as a very wise sage. Uh, mm-hmm. She doesn't even have the the lightsabers at that point. So I want to believe they're not breaking canon or anything, but yeah, well, we'll, basically anyway, we were just talking about like what's going to happen now. Like, and I brought up that we were talking about the rebel sequel as in it's happening after rebels, but what if it's happening after this episode of the Mandalorian? Oh man. Huh?
2: Okay. I
0: mean, not even that too, but you know, how, how long has Ahsoka been on, The planet of Corvus
2: this whole time. I
0: mean, has she been there? Yeah, and why? Like, what's what's so
2: important? How'd she get her lightsabers back? Because, I mean, at the end of. You know, at the end of Clone Wars, did she just build You gotta new watch ones?
1: Rebels. You gotta watch Rebels. Gosh, dang it, man. <laughs> Stop telling I'm, so- me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there, there, there's a reason. There's a reason why she, how she gets them back. Of course there um, is. Of course. of course
0: there is. There's always <laughs> a reason. There's always a reason for them.
1: Well, I guess I mean, like,
2: okay, yeah, okay, got it. Watching Rebels, watching Clone Wars, it's there. It's, it's gonna happen. <laughs>
0: Andy, I think after you and I watch Rebels, I think we need to get Ren back on here and I think we need to just talk about Rebels. Cause... Yeah.
1: Do it and I'll rewatch it as well because it's been a long <laughs> time. I need an excuse to rewatch it. Deal. Well, there
0: you go. We'll, we'll, we'll do a Rebels podcast here eventually. Rebels podcast.
1: Rebel No, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, no, no. Rebel talk.
0: Rebel talk. There you, okay. Yeah, man. I just. The show is just insane. Like, I. I've been saying it every single episode on just complete nauseam all the time. So I apologize if I say it again for the umpteenth time in this series, but this show, man, it's the building block for what's coming in the future of star Wars. I, mm. I'm still, I'm still convinced if this Ryan Johnson trilogy doesn't actually happen, which it's been very hush, hush underneath the blankets a lot lately. So I don't even know if it's happening or even now this, suppose a Taika Waititi film that we're supposed to be getting eventually, but
1: that one, I believe it'll happen. I think yeah. that one for now, it's just hush hush. Cause everything is quote unquote stopped uh, at the moment. Uh, mm. But that one I, at this moment, at least I, I believe that it's still coming.
0: Yeah. I, I could believe that's coming more than the Ryan Johnson stuff. Cause like I said, since, since they announced it with last Jedi and that's been three years now, there's been, yeah. been three years It's been three years since The Last Jedi came out.
1: Like... A, a f- we're a few weeks away from officially like three years, but yes. <laughs>
2: oh, wait. Okay. Three years. Not, uh, last Jedi, not rise of Skywalker. Okay. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it now does feel here. like
1: it's 2020. <laughs> it's 2020. It does feel like three years, uh, oh, but, but, but Austin, before we close, I would like to bring back to, to your point that you were making of a lot of people talking about Dave Filoni becoming the head of Lucasfilm. Uh, I agree with you. Cause I think that's a horrible idea. Um, I love that Filoni has a creative force. I think he knows nothing of being a, ha- a head of a studio. Um, that's like, I don't know. Um, I love James Gunn, yeah. but it, he'd be a horrible head of Marvel Studios, I think. But I'll tell you this much: if anything, someone that I see as a, a creative head of a studio after watching the documentary series, John Favreau. John Favreau is a is a. A, ser- um, a studio head. The yeah. way he talks about bringing all the creatives and all the directors, all the writers, and he talks about putting together this story, as in the whole first season, at least at the time, um, that's ahead of a studio. And I know a lot of people bash on Kathleen Kennedy. I, I love most of the sequel trilogy. I love Rogue One. I really like Solo. I think she's an incredible, incredible producer. S- Steven Spielberg sh- says she's an incredible producer, so I will believe Steven Spielberg. If you, if the internet doesn't mind, uh, but I think, I think it's a it's a mere case. Studio head is not exactly the position for her. Um, but mm. but that's it. But adding to again adding to the point that you made earlier, if she was to be replaced uh, as a studio head of Lucasfilm. John Favreau, John Favreau comes across as the right person for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, been proving it. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and make a slight counterpoint. Is I think Dave Filoni could do it, and, and I say that okay. could do it because sometimes it's about taking risks, and especially from like a comic industry standpoint. You know, you you can apply this to any in- industry, right? But from a comic industry standpoint, you have Image Comics is the first thing that comes to mind, right? Image Comics was founded by Robert Kirkman and Todd McFarlane, you know, guy who did The Walking Dead and Invincible. And, you know, both had worked for Marvel mm-hmm. previously. And then Todd yeah. McFarlane of Spawn and Spider-Man fame. You know what I mean? So those they were both like, you know, co-founders as well as I think, Rob, I think Kirkman was like CEO of Image specifically. So you have these people who can like take these high visibility leadership roles, but who can still remain creatives, you know, if only kind of, if only like through intermediaries or whatever, but yeah, sometimes you got to take risks and if it doesn't pan out, then yeah, just trade them out for Favreau either. I think either one of them would work. I think Favreau has a higher chance of being able to pull it off, but I think I could see Filoni as a president just because of his, you know, because of his at least connection to the creative and what he's contributed to the star Wars canon. And
0: he he did work directly underneath uh, George Lucas. He's essentially George Lucas's apprentice. Yes. I mean, he's brought out some of the best Star Wars stuff for a lot of people, I guess. He brought out some of the best Star Wars stuff we've seen since the prequels, or even the original trilogy to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: agree. Yeah, I like
1: this. I like this Filoni kid. I like him. Let him do the Clone Wars.
2: <laughs> Actually, this is going to sound weird. You know what I would not mind seeing is uh, we've talked about the original Clone Wars animated series. I would be curious to see Gendy Tarakovsky. You know, like somehow work his way into this. Mm-hmm. Like once again, big risk because the dude's only done like 2D animation and comics. But I would be really curious if that could play out and how it would if he were to direct an episode or like i know helm another mini series or something
1: yeah i i i think it's a risk but i think like the felonis they gotta start somewhere so bringing in Gandhi for one episode maybe like next season or something to ju- just direct one episode maybe you give him the shortest episode of the season i don't know but that could pay off really well i i really like that idea andy you
3: if-
0: so this is a question I was thinking of all this last week here. If you could have one director direct a Star Wars movie or even an episode of The Mandalorian, who would you guys pick? Ooh. I'm I'm torn on my answers.
1: My my answers are going to be different cuz for for movies, I think it has to be this person. For for television, I I'm a little bit more like lenient because, like, yes, this person will direct an episode, but the next episode will be directed by someone completely different. So, I'm um, I'm almost not not um, not married to any idea. But on the Mandalorian, I'd like to see James Gunn come in, uh, for instance. As far as movies are concerned, like my favorite directors coming to mind, I don't think they would ever do Star Wars. But with the look of Dune right now, I I I have to say the Neville Nev.
3: Ooh. (laughs) Ooh.
2: Oh yeah, I like I'm liking that. (laughs)
1: And and he's like, that's a sexy choice. Oh yes. 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 Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think of that, man. (laughs) How How about you, Andy? Um I got two. Um part of me this is such a basic answer part of me wants to say christopher nolan um but like which is once again a basic answer just because i liked i loved interstellar even though it you know has different themes but i'm also a little afraid that just with him he might ground it too much and bring in like a little bit too mm. much and like also like a little bit too much like speculative sci-fi you know into the star mm. wars universe that deviates too hard away from its themes but um, off the top of my head, this is gonna sound real weird, but for a animated series or I mean for a TV show animated or live action, I would want to see uh Shinichiro I had to look this up, Shinichiro Watanabe, who is the director of Cowboy Bebop. Yes. So he's yeah. working
1: on um on a Blade Runner anime. Yeah, yeah.
2: That so that's part of it is uh he did one of the 2049, I think 2049 blackout or something. He did
1: the blackout, yeah, the best one. So I would be curious to see him
2: because he did that. I think he worked on some Macross stuff. Uh, He did Space Dandy, I think, and Cowboy Bebop um, and Samurai Shampoo. So seeing him...
1: He he did something else, some music anime of some kind that I haven't seen, but I know he worked on it.
2: Yeah. And that's like the cool thing is with Samurai Shampoo and Cowboy Bebop in particular, he blends action and he blends action as well as uh, music. You know, so I think like just like it'd be interesting to see it take in that direction, the soundtrack for it, but also the the choreography. You watch his his shows, and the fight choreography in them mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, Spikes kind of jiu jitsu or whatnot, and then um, uh, just all the samurai action going on in Cowboy Bebop. I mean, you could get some intense lightsaber battles, or just I don't know action in general. So,
1: I I actually have another one. Uh, someone that has previously. Adle- I don't think it was ever official, but at least rumored to have been connected to Star Wars. And I think he could fit into either movies or TV shows. And that would be James Mangold.
2: Oh, I'm 50, 50 on him. Um, haven't seen Mm the, haven't seen the Wolverine and, uh, haven't seen the Wolverine and Logan um, in particular. Like you I haven't seen he... Logan? No, no, no. I, I said having seen them, oh. having. Oh, okay,
1: more.
3: okay, okay. What? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'd be jealous because watching that film for the first time again is a treat. But oh, okay, with... okay. Yeah. You no, know, watching
2: that and then watching the Wolverine, the uncut edition. You know, mm. um, watching those give me faith. But watching, I think he did the Gray. Right? He... Did
1: he? No, no, no. no that was. Uh... Joe Carnahan
2: never mind never mind okay yeah James Mangle I could I could work with uh, Austin what about you man now I'm after these answers I'm really curious what you got to say too Got I mean mine are kind
0: of just somewhat basic answers I'd say one director I want to see come back to Star Wars man is Gareth Edwards I think I think he could direct a beautiful episode of the Mandalorian if like that's what I'd like to see him do is an episode of Mando well Phil Film-wise, depending on what the story would be, uh, my two choices. The first one, I I don't think it ever happened, but I'd say Ridley Scott.
3: Oh, just seeing
0: how he's done. You know, the Alien franchise, especially the last two. Those are two very beautiful movies. Yeah. And the second one, I honestly my my favorite director of all time, James Cameron.
1: Oh, that's good too. The awesome. way,
0: he, way he did Avatar and I just watched a movie of his here a few weeks ago called uh the abyss. So yeah. good. It's very good. Just seeing how he can just build well, that tension yeah. for like something so dire. I just I, I feel like he could do it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I didn't mention my, my favorite director of all time, who who Andy mentioned, uh, Christopher yeah. Nolan, just because it's one of those. Yes, of course, I'd love to see him direct Star Wars, but he'd never do it. Um, that's why I mentioned Denis Villeneuve, because he, he's sort of in that same camp, but he's already doing Dune. So I think that brings him a bit closer to maybe possibly uh, do Star Wars one day. Uh, Andy, I do have to recommend if you haven't seen it from James Mangold, uh, 310 to Yuma. Uh, with oh, Christian that's, Bale, that's also and, been on my list uh, a be- A movie that's better than the original, that's a remake that's better than the original, and last year's Ford v Ferrari, which was my number two movie of the year. That was that was him. That was him. Wow.
2: Dang. Um. Oh man. I, I yeah. Did not know that. Sick.
0: <laughs> we still got to do this Andy learning hour here, pretty soon. I know, man. I'm just. <laughs>
2: I'm having to. I'm having to go. My media backlog's already jacked up, and I'm having to go through so much. This is awesome. Oh, I'm trying to think of a. Oh, that's um. This this is a shot in the dark, but Alex Garland.
1: That's a great pick.
2: Like he like I'm a little iffy on him because some of his characters in some of his movies can come off as a little blandish, you know. Like uh, mm. but at the same time, I still like a lot of their interactions. I like uh. I like the shakiness of morality in his movies and I, you know, like, and kind of motivations. And I know, I think he would add some slight horror themes to star Wars universe that I'd, I'd love to see a horror movie set in the star Wars universe. Honestly, that sounds weird. Cause I was about to say Ariaster, which
3: which, oh. n- yeah, <laughs> no. N- n- no. N- exactly. No. Exactly.
2: Like, but no. yeah, that, that's the thing, right. Is I, I, I was about to say that. then I was like, that's, that's actually one of the worst ideas I've ever had. <laughs>
1: <it>. <laughs> uh, Austin just now reminded me of, of the meme that's going around. right. That's pretty popular right now, which is like the no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. am yeah, I'm,
0: I'm going to say this. I, when I first watched hereditary man, that, Oh, that I got to the end of that movie and I looked at my buddy. I'm like, that was so stupid. Then <laughs> e- every time I've watched it now, i like it a lot more, but then I, I watched uh, *Midsummer* and Midsummer. Uh, I I hate that movie. Really? It's, it is so. I, I hate it. I hate
1: it. I I really hate *Hereditary*. Um, not that it's badly directed. In fact, the directing is my favorite part. It's the scripts and the characters and everything. Else. Like that movie peaks with the car scene. If you've Transition. seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yep. uh, that's where the movie peaks, and then it's just okay. I've seen this a million times. This of before, and Midsummer, I really like. Yeah, I'll say that. So as far as the directing directing is concerned, I like Harry Astor, but I don't like anything else as far as his creative mind is concerned. Uh, so what <laughs> I was with Austin, when when you brought him up, I was like, oh no 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 no, 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 and that was,
2: that was part of it. I was I was about to say him because like that's where my mind immediately went <laughs> when I was thinking of a Star Wars horror movie, and then I immediately backtrack backpedaled because I was like, that is a categorically bad idea.
0: Um, there, there were some talks. Actually, they thought about doing a, a Star Wars horror film taking place on Hoth.
1: Yeah. Ooh. There's a horror book actually uh, called. It's just called Death Troopers. Um,
0: oh, I know what you're talking about. I think it's.
1: I've never read it actually, but uh, but I know it exists.
0: Yeah. Okay. The, co- the The cover is a bloody stormtrooper helmet yes.
2: with a spike going through it. Exactly. Mm. Also, another basic choice is Steven Spielberg. Like, at the end of the day, um yes, uh, like once again, basic choice, but eh, why not? like why not but, in terms of
1: dudes but it's close? kind of it's kind of the 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 basic, but the one that makes the most sense because he's yeah he's buddies with George Lucas, he has been forever, so he's like the one that that's like this close to directing a Star Wars movie, but for some reason, it has never happened. I hope we do get to see it in in his lifetime.
2: Yeah, I could definitely see him not touching the franchise, though, out of sheer respect for Lucas. Yeah, um, but I, also I
1: understand that.
2: I would also <laughs> not mind. I would also not mind seeing it from a uh, yeah, just from a stance of. All uh, right, I don't know. I, I also random thought. I also just thought of like a Quentin Tarantino Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing.
1: <laughs> that that that's going to, going to happen when they do movies that start with this is not canon
2: well you know there's all the talks about him doing a star trek movie so you know like oh Wall that's or... over
1: that's over apparently oh real? yeah it's not gonna happen anymore dang it
2: man i really wanted to
1: see what they did <laughs> me too <laughs> well you know to your guys's point uh with christopher
0: nolan and ren i think you'll know what i'm talking about here but uh i could see him doing a movie of like the world between worlds I think he could tie that up really well.
1: Yes. Yes. That I again he's so much that director that he's never gonna do it. I haven't thought about it, but that's a brilliant choice. Uh Austin. That's that's really, really a good choice. (laughs) Well, guys, I
0: think we uh, pretty much covered everything. We just got to do the usual. And of course, I want to start with Andy again cuz I know he, I know he hates doing this, man. What would you give this episode?
2: 10 out of 10, easily. Um top of my list, number 1 episode this season. I mean, good night. It just delivered on so much. It was one of the best payoffs payoff episodes this in this series. It was a crit- critical turning point even out of all 13 chapters. I mean, yeah, 10 out of 10, number one episode in this season so far for me. Ren?
1: Uh, this is my favorite episode of the entire show. Uh, I love it to no end. I'm going to give it a 9.8 out of 10, only because I have two gripes, and I admit that they're fanboy, stupid, ridiculous, nitpicky gripes. That There's the, um, the Leku on Ahsoka on the top of our head are are shorter than they should be. I know that's really stupid, but still it bothered me. And there's a part of me that loves Michael Bean so much. Uh, it kind of sucked seeing him as such a disposable character. Uh, again, these are really stupid. I should give it a 10 out of 10, but I, I can't get past him. So forgive me internet.
2: Actually, I, I do need to backpedal based on that. I might do like 9.8 or 9.9, just cause like I said, the lighting. Lighting, that's what mm. I... am would- the lighting is still one of my gripes, but other than that, once again, that that's kind of subjective because I was watching it on my iPad, so that's not gonna be the best display, so.
3: Oh, I, I know, I know, but it's <laughs> yeah. still,
2: but yeah, so once the lighting's still like, even like after like reviewing it, like, you know, and looking at it, I mean, like just either way. Yeah, that's my small grievance, so I'm on the fence. I'll just say 10 because critical episode and really good, um, Austin. <laughs> I'd say probably like a nine point
0: seven five. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm with Andy. Like, yeah, they I I watched it on my uh my fiance's Kindle, and yeah, it was that opening part was pretty hard to see a lot of things, but other than that, man, I mean, like I said, perfect blend. You get some Western, you get a lot of samurai elements, you get a lot of delving into the force, you get Grogu's backstory and his name and everything, you get to see him and Mando react more. We get A new weapon of Beskar for Mando, which cannot wait to see that battle with Moff Gideon. Oh, I cannot wait! And it's gonna be so good. Oh, I can't wait. This mean, I'm not gonna lie to you too, man. This is gonna be sad when this is over because I've been enjoying
2: these little talks every week, getting a nerd out about
0: Mando.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll just
2: we'll just do something on my channel at some point, and like we'll, we'll nerd out about there'll be stuff to nerd out about, but. Yeah, doing a doing a, a podcast on each episode has been nice because you get to unpack it each week. Yes, yeah, it's been
1: it's been
0: so much fun. I and agree. with that being said, you guys, that is going to do it for this episode of the Talkalorian. I of course want to thank Ren and Andy for coming back as always, man. And next week we're gonna have some more fun talking about the newest episode of Mando. So. And like always, too, I put Andy and Ren's channels down in the description below. So make sure you guys get on over there. If you haven't, check out their channels. Send them that SPC love.
3: And with that being said, make sure you guys hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't already.